Welcome to the Beautiful Souls Podcast with your host, myself, Danielle Cadwell. I'm an Olympian author, speaker, and coach, and I'm here to dive deeper into all things mindset, manifestation, mission, and yes, some meditation. In 2013, I was an unfit, concussed, and massively self-conscious synchronized swimmer when an opportunity arrived that was well beyond my wildest dreams to begin training for the next Olympic Games. I was terrified. However, I decided to take the biggest leap of my life. I went all in, moving from Canada to Australia and dedicating my life to my sport. On this journey, I made a vow to myself. If I could do it, if I could really make my wildest dreams come true, I would spend the rest of my life sharing what I had learned to help others do the same. So beautiful souls, this podcast is where I fulfill my promise. We'll talk about everything from the energetics of manifestation and the power of self-worth to mindset cultivation and how to step up and into your soul mission. You can think of this time together as kind of like a soul spa, where together we will wash away your fears, massage you with some truth and some love, and spruce you up on the insides with some spirituality. So, are you ready to be rejuvenated from the inside out? Let's dive in. So guys, today's guest is such a beautiful human being. I think you're just going to love our conversation and we go everywhere. Like we go into her story, how she's literally gone from being homeless to having a thriving online business and a podcast and an author, uh, but also her abilities of being a psychic medium and like what that involves and what her childhood was like, you know, personally, I've actually always had such a interest in people that are mediums. Um, and like I was, I was watching Long Island medium. Like, I don't know if you guys know that show. It's like a TLC show like years ago. And like, was always fascinated with that stuff when it was on Oprah. And, um, I, I, I just love hearing Mads's uh, perspective. Um, and I think you guys are just going to absolutely love her as a guest. So definitely go and follow her on social media after this um, podcast um, and check her out because she is really a good, she's a, she's an epic human. She is an epic human. And um, I think you're going to find this really interesting. So my friends, let's dive into the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Beautiful Souls podcast. I have the coolest guest today. You guys are going to just like froth this fellow Canadian um, here as well. And so I have Mads Mass on. Um, who is a life and business coach and a lifelong psychic medium. She is, you, you'll just be able to hear it from her voice. Like I feel like people's voices give a lot away into the frequency of who they are. And I just feel like you have such an authentic voice, which is a representation of your soul. And we connected through the beautiful wide world of social media. I was on her podcast and I was like, I need to have them. I need to have you on my podcast because I know all my listeners would love to hear your story and also your wisdom. So thank you for being here. Oh my God. Thank you so much for having me. You just hyped me up. I feel so loved right now. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it fun when someone else is introduces you and you're like, oh, wow, like I'm, I'm actually pretty great. <laughs> yeah. Like that sounded really cool. Thanks. <laughs> you're welcome. Um, so you have a really beautiful life that you have manifested and created, but this wasn't always the way. And I know like you have an incredible story. I was actually, I was literally on the verge of listening to her podcast and her story. I was like, no, I want to hear it from fresh ears. So I want to hear a little bit about like what led you to where you are now, because your life was very different a few years ago. 
Oh, my life was incredibly different a few years ago, but I'll bring you back to the beginning. So I grew up in just a lot of trauma. I My birth mom is and was an alcoholic and an addict. And so there was just a lot going on with that. And thankfully, my dad left that relationship and married his wife of now 22 years, who was a big part in raising me. But I was still seeing my birth mom. So there was just a lot going on. And in my childhood, I relied very heavily on my intuition and my spiritual self, um, which is really, really common with kids growing up in trauma. They they become very sensitive. They become very perceptive, extrasensory wise, because there is so much going on in their environment that they have to pick up on and prepare for and protect from that their senses are just like kind of going haywire as a kid. And it's mm-hmm. from trauma, but it it worked for me and it's why i as a soul chose that them as my parents and my bio, my bio mom specifically as my mother because i needed to come in and i came into this life completely switched on in my mediumship and i just needed a bit of like a conduit to keep that running and certain traumas to like clear out past karmas so i went through all of that i had Um, mediumship and psychic experiences my entire life growing up. Like I remember channeling the first time when I was barely three years old and it's just like kind of insane. And then I, you know, didn't grow up around people who were spiritual. Like I told my dad that we had like ghosts in the house and we had just moved and he was like, Madison, there's no such thing as ghosts. Like, what are you talking about? It's a new house. It's not possible. And I'm like, oh, I am telling you this land is not new. The house might be, but the land is not. And there are people here. (laughs) Um, And so I kind of shut off my mediumship, which is really common for a lot of mediums at certain points in our life. We kind of go through what we'll we'll quote call like your human period and normal life. And Mm -hmm. for me, that was my middle school and high school years. And I kind of just shut it off, lived a pretty normal life, was in an abusive relationship during that time, learned a lot, but still like going through all these really formative experiences that gave me a wider lens and perspective of what human beings go through and what I was going through so that I would eventually be able to help people. Continued following the traditional path, went to university, dropped out for many reasons in my final year and went through my spiritual awakening and quite the mental health battle during all of that. Found myself homeless in September of 2019 all the way through February of 2020. And in that time was when I went through that really, really deep process of like, okay, I can't continue pushing away my mediumship and my spiritual connection because it is what is literally killing me. It's why I'm not happy. It's why I'm having a hard time in all of my work. It's why I'm depressed and suicidal. And I had had an attempt in March of 2018. So it was kind of like, I'm going to get to that point again if I don't accept who I am because I'm literally blocking my own light from myself. I'm literally refusing to accept who I am. And I had to figure that out. And um, a few months later, and not even, I I moved home in March and by April, my business was up and running and it was what I call a happy accident. And it's been expanding and successful ever since. So that is wild. Mm -hmm. When you say that you were homeless, like, were you living on the streets or were you like going like, and, and what led to that? Yeah. So I, so it was a, I had a long, hard standing relationship with finances um, ever since my third year, I think, of university because although she was legally obligated, when I went no contact with my birth mom, she started refusing to pay for my her part of my schooling. And she was legally obligated, but she just 
refused. And so I found myself in a really hard spot financially. I moved into a sublet for the summer with one of my friends in university and got concussed in, I think, May, May or June. It was my fifth concussion in like a really long, like in a really short period of time. And I was out for a really long time. So I lost my job um, because they didn't want me back at work because it was a workplace injury, a workplace concussion. They said I was a liability, also illegal in the province. Can they compensate you? So like if it's a workplace concussion? So they were supposed to, but they didn't want to admit that it was a workplace injury. So whenever they filed the paperwork, I couldn't claim any benefits. I couldn't claim anything. It was awful. So I'm just getting like financially fucked, like part of my language, like over and over and over again in the years 2018, 2019. And because I was so embarrassed, and this is my full responsibility, I did not communicate that to the roommate that I was subletting from. And I then didn't have money to get another apartment come September when she was moving back in. And it created this whole catastrophe of a situation. And that was a really big learning experience for me of like, whether you're embarrassed and too anxious to talk about what is going on, like you need to to talk about things and like tell people what's going on so that you can find a solution. But there, I was trying everything and there just didn't seem to be a solution. I was so overwhelmed with anxiety. Um, And then luckily I worked at a bar at this point and I was like reaching out to people like, Hey, like, can I sleep on your couch? Like, do you have an extra room? And I literally, by the grace of God, had someone who was like, Hey, I have a guest bedroom that you can stay in for three weeks um, until my family comes. And I was like, okay, great. She helped me move all of my stuff into her place until I found something else. And then um, I had had another coworker from that bar who was like, hey, I'm in Bali. I need someone to take care of my cat while I'm away. You can stay at my place and we'll figure out the financials like whenever you're doing better. So thankfully, I was not like on the street in the middle of winter mm-hmm. in 2019, but I did not have a place to like call my- like I was sleeping on couches and really going through it. Um, and then I lost my job at the bar because of my mental health, which is also illegal. So like the universe just kept sending it to me. Wow. Yeah. And mm-hmm. would you say that there was a point where, you know, because you having, you know, mediumship your whole life as an mm-hmm. innate ability, like you would have been so aware of everything greater, but Yes. There was there a point of, I guess you would call it of like your reawakening. Was it that point in your homeless situation, then losing your job and all of that period? Oh, a thousand percent. Because just a couple years prior, I had basically like sobbed my eyes out to my higher self, to my spirit guide, saying, "I need a time period where I don't have to work, where I don't have any bills or obligations, where I'm not in school, because I need to focus on my mental health." Like I basically told them, like I need to go to rehab for my mental health. Like I'm not well set up series of events that, you know, occurred 2018, 2019, I got that manifestation granted. I couldn't pay bills. Not that I didn't want to. I just literally had no money Mm -hmm. to pay them. I was not in school and the universe forced me out of every job and had me lose every job so that I didn't work. I didn't have school. I didn't have anything but time and space to focus on my mental health. And there was a day I remember I was laying on the floor um, just like in the living room of, of my friend's apartment. And I was kind of like, holy crap. I, I manifested this like 18 months ago because this is literally all I wanted. Cause it had been about a month at that point. I think it was like October, end of October near Halloween. I was like, oh my God, 
Like, this is literally what I asked for. Like they delivered it. And then I looked up and I was like, this is not exactly how I wanted you to deliver it. So maybe I'll be more specific next time. Um, And then I was applying to jobs and I had a great resume, especially for customer service. And even Starbucks wouldn't interview me. Like even they didn't get back to me. And I'm like, Starbucks gets back to everybody. Like, like no shade to Starbucks. It is what it is. Like it doesn't take much to, to get a job there. And I kind of, when that didn't go through, I was kind of like, okay, like I'm going to take a break from applying to things for a couple of weeks and just figure out what my soul wants me to do. But it was definitely a reawakening. It was kind of like, okay, I manifested this. Why is this happening? Like, what is this teaching me? And it was that Mm. I need to be myself. Yeah. What did it look like when you said that you were working on your mental health? Because I think that, you know, this kind of this big question that goes around is, you know, we're starting to talk about more. And I know there's that book. It's like, uh, you know, to what to do the work um, or something like that. And yeah. people say, okay, like I need to do the work, but a lot of people don't know what that actually looks like. Right. And, right. and some people don't have, I, I, I refuse to believe that people don't have the resources because with the internet, there are so many free yes. resources, whether you can afford to be in a professional space, like with a, with a coach or in a program, but there are so many free resources out there, but mm. I think sometimes people just don't know what to do or where to start. And like, so what did that look like for you? I have always been a big writer. Journaling has always been something that I leaned on, even as a kid. And I obviously went through years where I just didn't write anything, but it was something that was introduced to me when I started therapy around five, six years old. And it's something that has really stuck with me. And so during this time, I was like, well, I've got nothing to do but to write out my thoughts, my feelings. And I would even take like vlogs on my iPhone of like, hey, this is what I'm going through today. And I would just like verbally process with myself and kind of watch it back and kind of try and look look at what I recorded and what I was expressing through kind of an objective lens, like an objective standpoint. I've always been very connected to my higher self. So kind of going from subjective to objective was very natural for me. Like I was able to always kind of pull myself out and see things from a different lens. So I think that gave me an added benefit. And then I learned about binaural hertz on YouTube. I started finding those and I was like, oh, these are really interesting. And I started listening to those and I would sit in front of the window at a very specific point in the day where the sun would shine through. So get those light code activations. Didn't know I was doing that at the time. Um, And I would sit there and I would just go in my mind, which is now um, a technique that I bring my clients through where I basically merge the conscious mind with the subconscious mind. And I sat there pretty much most days and I just asked myself, like, what is my problem today and why? And I would ask why over and over and over and over again until I basically broke through into my subconscious and my ego would spew out this like big issue that she was struggling with. And I started doing the reprogramming work. So that's how it started. What did the reprogramming work look like for you? It was about understanding that Everything that I went through, I had to accept in part was my responsibility. So the abusive relationship I was in and which I I need to like kind of put like a preface with this. I am not blaming any victims of domestic violence. Obviously, the abuse is not your fault. And I say that as someone who survived it. I didn't ask for the abuse, but I willingly stayed in the relationship. Was I terrified to leave the relationship? Obviously. And that is why I stayed. And that's where we get into these very technical trauma bond situations and a lot of psychology, but I did for my own self and to reprogram my mind, have to recognize, okay, I stayed in that relationship. Why did I stay in the relationship? Why was I scared to leave the relationship? Why was I scared to reclaim my autonomy? Like you really got to bring it deep. 
And I had to do the same thing with the relationship with my mother and the situation that took place in the summer with my finances and the sublet. And I had to take 100% responsibility. And once I did that, the reprogramming kind of came through of like, okay, is this the kind of person that I want to be? Like what, what part of those traits of myself that I was presenting, like, did they come from wounding? Yes or no. Why were they there? Do I want to keep them? If I don't want to keep them, what am I replacing them with? Who do I want to be? And I just started getting really clear of, of what my true identity was and what I had always, like who I had always felt I was as a kid before all the crap happened, if that makes sense. A hundred percent. And I, I love that you said that because that's one of the pieces in, in like the work that I do with women around self-worth, it's so hard, but like one of the pillars of that work is self-responsibility. It's like, you have to take responsibility for the things that have happened in your life. And it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a beautiful, but challenging position to be in when you're Mm -hmm. guiding someone down that space, because I have have clients that move through this work at the beginning. I mean, we in a client, a long-term client now, she says to me, it, it, it's funny now, but when we first dove into this work and we we're talking about taking responsibility, she said to me, she's like, I don't like you right now, Danielle. And I'm like, yeah, that's absolutely. okay. <laughs> you cannot like me, but it, yeah. because it's really, really, really hard to face it is. The, this question of what is my responsibility in this situation? Because playing the victim is so easy and it's so yeah. and it's real because but there's a difference between playing the victim and being the victim right and they're exactly yes. like you said like you were a victim of domestic violence and i know Absolutely. lucas luca grew up in a um, domestic violent household his mom was a victim but there's a big difference between the people that like have that happen to them and then they play into that throughout yes. their life and then that carries with them but because yeah. i you know it's so interesting if we look at the world no one is a very small percentage of people walk around and say you know what it was me i did it i was the perpetrator most people walk around and say no i was the victim right and then it's like you know even people that were the abuser still think that they're the victim because they were the victim of someone else and so exactly the cycle exactly and yeah they were the victim of someone else but that doesn't take away the fact that they were abusive and the perpetrator to somebody else exactly right and yeah, self self responsibility is it's very it's very self confronting. Like you have to be willing to accept that your own wounds and your own programming led you to stay or continue a relationship, situation, mindset, belief, pattern, or cycle that you didn't or don't want to be in. Like that's you mm-hmm. have to be willing to accept that there may be things that you are unaware of within yourself that put you in that position. And that's, that's the hard part because that's hard to accept too, because then you have to accept that you've gone through more trauma than you're willing to admit at first as well. And it's really hard for our ego because our ego wants to fight back, right? Like our ego, it's like self-protective, right? It's like, no, 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 especially in situations like, you know, one of the, this was actually something that I heard from my sister-in-law who went to Oprah and Eckhart Tolle were doing a talk and, and my okay. sister-in-law went and she was telling me this one thing that I was it, like, I will never forget what she said that she heard Eckhart Tolle said. Um, and she was speaking about this in, in regards to um, my niece, who's, who's now 14, but when she was three, she was diagnosed with leukemia. Um, and so oh. she went through um, that whole process for four years. And what my sister-in-law said to me that Eckhart Tolle said was ask yourself, how did I draw this into my life? Yep. yep. And that question is so like, oh, it's jarring. Right? So jarring, you know, and yeah. there was a situation like a few years ago where 
um, you know, uh, I, and I have talked about it really openly, but like Luca was um, ha having conversations with another girl that he said he was interested in. And so nothing actually happened. Um, but, you know, so easy to be like, I'm being cheated on or like I'm the victim here. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I had to sit with myself, you know, because being in this work and mm -hmm. ask myself this question that I felt like I slapped myself in the face is like, how did I draw this into my life? And that question was so hard, but also so empowering because it it made me have the ability to move through it so much faster, taking yes. responsibility, right? Yeah, because you have a part to play in it all. And I think the one thing that my mediumship has granted me access to is recognizing that your soul, you as a soul, myself as a soul, we choose every single thing for the most part. There are very few things that a soul will not contract. Um, and those are very, very specific types of traumas and very specific types of assaults that the soul will just never contract, but recognizes that they are a possibility while being on earth because everyone's in soul amnesia here. Um, but I also had to recognize that like I chose my mother. Why did I choose my mother as a soul? What was my soul trying to get and learn through this experience, which I've since uncovered. And it's really fascinating. And it's kind of like, okay, like, I would have rather make that choice. Like I would make that choice again, like now that I know. Mm -hmm. And it was the same with the the karmic relationship I was in, the abusive relationship. It's like, okay, what was being played out? Like why, mm -hmm. why did I need to experience that? And why did I experience that at the age that I did? Because I was 15 and he was a few years older. So why did I go through that then rather than in my 20s or my 30s? And so I think having that awareness of soul contracts and having access to the memories of my soul from past lives and from the other side, it it really, it kind of helped bring the whole story together, which I think was really supportive in my journey of, of healing and taking responsibility. But it definitely, I think there is this misconception that as a medium, like because you have access to this information and, and knowledge um, and you can connect to the other side that it makes things like healing and ego death and spiritual awakening and grief so much easier. I'm here to tell you it does not take away from how <laughs> crazy hard being a human can be. Um, it's just as hard in its own way. Mm. And and I think when you it, when you have the capacity to start to take responsibility and do the work and do the healing work, there gets to be this moment, and I have no doubt that you would have had it in some of your clients and, and myself and my clients, where you realize that you bless the thing that broke you because you would not Absolutely. be the person that you are today without that situation. And I had a client, it was a few months ago, she went through an abusive relationship and she she messaged me and she's like, I get it. She's like, I'm grateful to him now because yes. because of that, I'm the woman that I am today. I was like, yes, it's yes. like, that's like the golden, like, yes, yes. the golden moment in this work, right? Yeah, and that's what it is because you, you, figure out more about yourself that you would not have been able to find otherwise. You figure out your path, your purpose, you embody so much more wisdom and perspective that you can only be granted whenever you go through certain adversities in life because without adversity, your perspective is very narrow on what life is and what it offers. So yeah, blessing the thing that broke you. Absolutely. So, so powerful. I would love to go back to hear a bit more about like your childhood being sure. having all these skills and, and not, not skills like abilities, right? Yeah. What was it like it like for you? And like, you know, was there someone sitting on the end of the bed having a chat? Like your, your imaginary <laughs> friend was a real person, you know, that was a spirit. Like what right. was that like? 
Yeah. So my first experience channeling was channeling my higher self. I was about, I think I was three. I think I was either two and a half going on three or three and a half going on four. I was, so I was about three years old and I was at my daycare and the, the kitchen is kind of like, you know, in this one area and there's a door next to the counter. And then right next to the door, there's the stairs to go to the basement. And I had this really quick thought, which I now know are downloads. <laughs> and I just had this quick thought of like, oh, I shouldn't stand here because something bad might happen. But like it was a millisecond thought, like that whole thought came in a millisecond. And as the thought ended, the door swung open and I went tumbling down the stairs. And I remember being in my body as a soul. And it's so funny because now that I'm like fully integrated with my soul, like this is just me on like every level. I just looked at my team and I said, oh, fuck, that hurts being in a body because like, I was tumbling down the stairs. Was, my nose was yeah. breaking. Like I was just, I just kept hitting it. Then I remember going back in my body and completely blacking out. And the next thing I remember is my dad being in front of me, me sitting on the counter and my nose just gushing blood and going to the hospital. Um, so that was my first instance of like, like psychic prediction and mediumship channeling of understanding like, oh, I'm so connected to my higher self. Had no idea that was happening because I'm three years old and I don't even know like how yeah. to count to a hundred, right? But um, fast forward a couple of years, I start having these really weird nightmares every October about uh, the second world war and like very, very, very weird types of dreams. And every year until I fully released the energy of that past life, um, the dream would continue. It's like a new segment, like a new chapter of a book would get written onto it. And it happened every October for about three weeks in October, every October, the rest of the year, I was totally fine. And we can get to that later. Um, but so I had past life memories coming up, different things like that. And there was one time I, in the middle of the night, I was like, oh, I really need to go to the bathroom, but I really am like scared to go downstairs. Like I know I'm not alone right now. And I really don't like that feeling. I was about seven, eight years old. So I creep down the stairs and I like look over the wall and I look in the bathroom and I see a ghost. Uh, it's a girl, like a young girl. And she's just like this. And she just waves at me. And I'm like, oh, fuck no, absolutely not. <laughs> like there is nope. And I ran upstairs to my mom and told her. And she, when, obviously when she came back down, ghost is gone because obviously. Yeah. Um, but after that, I decided that I was not comfortable seeing in the physical. So everything remained in my third eye. Like I, I even to this day, like I, it's like, a, we're allowed to make boundaries as mediums. Like we don't have to do or see or hear or know certain things that we don't want to. So I put that boundary up really quick, but I could always sense growing up. Like I knew when my guides were around, um, I was able to communicate with them, talk with them. I had imaginary friends as a kid who I'm assuming were my guides. Um, I don't know if they had names or anything. I My parents didn't tell me that. And I was very, 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 very sensitive. I was sensitive to noise. I was sensitive to being out in public. I was emotionally very sensitive. Like I just, I felt so much in mediums. We feel so much because we're not just feeling our own emotions. Um, but as a kid, you're like taking on all the energy of like everywhere you are until you grow into your mediumship and learn about energetic boundaries and protection and things like that. So it was a very overwhelming childhood and and very weird in the sense too of like being able to sense energies being around me and like hearing people running up and down the stairs in my home when I'm home alone and being like, hmm, okay, super fun. Like who's in the house right now because I'm 13 and alone. <laughs> um, and those are the instances where my dad was like, ghosts don't exist. Um, which is funny because my dad is actually quite spiritual as well. So it was just him like not understanding like how that would even be possible. Mm -hmm. 
but that was that was it in a nutshell. I knew also how my great aunt had died in like an old folks home without my mom even telling me. And she was like, how did you know that? And I was like, just, I don't know. She just used to live there and she died because her, her hip broke and she died a few days later. And she was like, the fuck? <laughs> so it was weird things like that. Psychic predictions. Yeah, it was really weird. Would you, have you seen Long Island Medium, that show? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that what's funny is Caputo lady. Yeah, what's funny is I would grow up um watching that and I I my thought when I saw her was I wonder if I could do that because I was already doing it. So I, it was really like it was more of like a documentary kind of view of like what I would end up doing in the future, which was really weird. Mm-hmm. What so is it like that for you when you meet people and you'll see like you'll have loved ones that come to you? So at the beginning, at the beginning, when I accepted my mediumship, yeah, it it was very, it was, you just pick up on so many things, but mediums have different fields of expertise. So like Teresa Caputo is her field of expertise is to connect with loved ones who have passed on. There are mediums who connect with spirit babies and the souls of your future children. Mm -hmm. There are pet mediums. My mediumship and my field of expertise is soul contracts. So Sometimes, yes. Um, and I have friends who have unfortunately had parents pass away and they'll come through sometimes and I'll relay those messages. But because my field and what I do is centered on helping individuals understand why they are here, why they have gone through things, the majority of my channeling is and has always been being able to have a conversation with someone and just getting a full download of their life history and being able to just like see it all, feel it all, understand them completely. Um, and so I've always been the coworker that people come up to and ask for advice, even though they don't really know you and that, that kind of energy, but I have a very strong, um, block basically on the other side. Like I don't like channeling past on loved ones. It is how my career started. The first six months of my career is, is that's what I did. Um, but I find it to be way too emotional. Um, you're holding a lot of energy Mm -hmm. when you do that. Like you're holding the person in front of you's energy and their emotions. You're holding, 10 people on the other side's emotions, feelings, and messages. You're holding your your own energy and it's just, it's so much. And sometimes when souls have not been ready to depart, the readings are deeply, deeply, deeply emotional. And it's as much as I'm grateful for the clients I got to read for in that way, I just, I'm really sensitive as a person and I like just can't carry that. Like, it's just, it's not my field. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And I like, I was thinking that actually, because it's funny, Teresa Caputo keeps coming up to my field lately. I was talking about her yesterday, but um, I was watching one of her videos of, you know, a, a chat. I think she was on like Drew Barrymore show and okay. she was channeling through, um, you know, from the loved ones on the other side. And I, I was thinking, I was like, how does she hold that? Like, it is incredible because. The, the amount of emotion that people feel, which is so real and raw and, and it, it, powerful to be able to channel that through. Like she must, she's obviously built up a lot of boundaries over time in her own way of processing yes. it because it's like, um, and it's like different, but similar. Like even I think, you know, in the, in the work that I do and in the coaching, like when you're going through really intense places with clients, like you have yes. to find ways of holding yourself to be energetically clean because yes. you don't want to be walking around with the weight of what all those people are holding on you because, you know, no. we do get to continue to live our life and, and, and thrive, yeah. but there are ways that you have to just like clean yourself up, yes. you know? 
Yeah, absolutely. It's energetic hygiene is of utmost importance for anyone who's mm-hmm. doing like service providing work in general, but especially like spiritual work um, and like the work that you and Luca do as well. Like it's so necessary, not just for you, but also for the benefit of your clients as well. And so mm-hmm. sending all that energy back to source and and letting it, letting it be taken care of and transmuted is, is key. Cause you can't, you can't hold that all the time. Like I taught a masterclass at the end of last year and I did a lot of channeling in that masterclass. And I literally channeled for, I think over a dozen people like back to back to back, which I would never do even on like a working day. My max is three people a day. And I could see all their souls just queued up, like ready to just come in and give really quick, powerful messages. I was out for three weeks after that. I had to take two weeks off. Like I burned myself out on every level. Um, So yeah, it's a lot of energetic boundaries and and hygiene to to take care of all of that for sure. Mm -hmm. And I think as well being in... um, being an empathic person. And this is a big thing that I had to learn. And like for anyone listening, if you're an empath, you know, I hope you learn this through my own mistakes or <laughs> mistakes of, you know, taking on someone's energy doesn't actually help them more. No. Like there's power in being having the capacity to love on someone, hear someone, like hold them through whatever they're going through emotionally, physically, um, spiritually, but then also continuing to live your life. Because when I first started the work, this work in the first year, I, I would it was so heavy on me that yes. I like it was really hard for me to function outside yes. of that. And I'm like, me not being at my greatest light is not a benefit to the world. Like I exactly. need to figure out how to keep weight, ways of keeping me clean and also trusting that my clients are self-responsible human beings that I'm not um you know like a I, I'm not holding them like I'm guiding them and they're walking but they can walk yes. by themselves you know yes I've given this analogy to so many of my clients um it's I'm not I'm not walking with you I've lit the path and I'm just you're just following that light you're following the light that feels good for you um and I'm there obviously physically you know, walking with them in a sense, but like, I'm not there holding their hand. That's not what it's about. Cause if I hold your hand, you're not going to get anywhere. You're just going to build codependency over time. And that's not what we're, that's not what we're, we're building. And then I think I've brought this up with clients before as well, who are very concerned about their family and, and their friends who are going through hard times or not going through awakenings and just struggling with earth life. And it's, you have to trust that the people around you their soul knows exactly what it's doing. Their soul knows exactly what it planned for this lifetime. And even if that human doesn't consciously remember, their soul and their guides are going to take care of them. They are not your responsibility. Their soul has got them. Like, I cannot reassure people enough with that because it's the truth. And and I think taking on the responsibility of a problem you cannot solve or force someone to solve for themselves is going to hurt you and it's going to hurt them. So, mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, I would love to know about how you started because it, it's it's amazing to think that you were like homeless and then you started your business and you just started like and it all yeah. started happening for you. Like, how did you take that leap? Yeah. So Mads Mess was a concept that I came up with in 2017 or 2018 as a blog. I've always had oh, are you having sorry, a beautiful thunderstorm. Really, yeah, yeah. Did you hear that? I did. That's that, like, awesome. Happens here. That's so cool. <laughs> oh, what it. a nice day. I love the storms. Um, I I came up with the idea for Mads Mess in 2017, 2018, and it was the concept of a blog. I've always been a little mouthy. Like I've always had, I've always had a big mouth on me when it comes to like social injustice and mental health reform and political issues and basically human rights issues. And I've always been very vocal about that on my social media. And I kind of thought, oh, Mads Mess would be like a really great 
kind of funny term because it's my name and life is a mess and my life has been a mess and just kind of talking on things and sharing my opinion. And so the name had always been there. And then in January of 2020, I got this like intuitive ping from my higher self. Like I had gone through my awakening. I was doing readings just for fun with friends. And I got this intuitive ping from my higher self. She's like, register Mads Mess as a business name. And I was like, um, why? Like I, I have like no pennies to my name. Like I like why? So I went online, I registered my business and I think it was free or it didn't cost, it cost a very, very little amount if it cost anything. I'm pretty sure it was free at this point. I don't know why. I don't remember paying anything for it. And then I just continued reading for friends. And there was one night in March, I was living back home with my parents at this point. And I got on a call with someone that I knew and then a few other people that I didn't know. And that was the night that I realized and said out loud and admitted to myself fully for the first time that I was a medium because I had channeled someone's loved one who had died unfortunately by suicide and I felt the whole thing and I was able to explain like the whole process and like everything after and she just looked at me and she was like that was so and so and I was like oh wow and I got off that call at like 11 o'clock at night channeled for like five hours and was like holy fuck I'm a medium like I'm actually like like it was just this like moment of like full acceptance and embodiment of like okay like this is who you are this is what you do and the person that I knew that was on this call Um, she texted me right after and she said, Maddie, you're so good at this. She's like, you need to stop doing this for free. You need to start charging people. And I had a bit of like a moral conflict with that at first because I am a believer that help should be accessible. But Mm -hmm. I also understand now that for me to have as big of an impact with my light as I can and to like live my purpose, I need to make it my career. And so obviously that's evolved. But um, the next day I went on my stories on Instagram and said, hey, I do this. here's how you can book with me. (laughs) Um, And that following week I was booked up and people just by word of mouth started sharing with other people. And then I was booked up for readings for the whole summer, reached out to different people and made networking connections, was featured on podcasts, started my coaching coaching, uh, programs at request of my clients. I had clients who had come to me for tarot readings and I had never been to a tarot reading before, so I didn't know what they were. I was just doing them. And I remember my clients saying, a few of them, this is more than a tarot reading. Like, I've had tarot readings before. This was so much more than that. How can I see you every week? And I was like, well, you can't get a tarot or mediumship reading like every week or every month, really, because not much changes. Like, it's a bit, it's like, you, you need yeah, to let you gotta like in- integrate right yeah you yeah. gotta let your life you gotta live your life and let things happen for things to have like a, a noticeable change but that's when it kind of clicked in my head of like but I could coach people and I was like I'm 22 years old like who am I to coach people so I had to get age out of I had to take age out of the factor and just look at my life experience and say based off of my life experience what I've lived what I've learned and what I've grown through can I take that and teach people like can I copy and paste my awakening experience and bring people through that and the answer was yes So I made coaching programs. And then by September, my coaching programs launched. I did a couple beta rounds with some people that I knew uh, to get testimonials. And I haven't looked back since. So that's kind of how it came about. That's wild. Because, you know, I think I see like there's like kind of two schools of what happens for people. It's like if there's people that if they have, if things have been relatively easy, if we're talking like the online business world, relatively like flowy, 
then they'll find challenges when they start online business. And the challenges don't mean that, that it's wrong or misaligned. It's just right. things that you got to like learn and go through. Or there's yeah. people that have just like been through a lot and then yeah. they use that and then they transmute it and then they start their online business and it just like blows up. Yes. And both are ways of making it happen. But yes. it's I think it's it's like how much you've integrated what you have been through and then also like the lessons that you're here to learn and then and then continuing yes. to like grow and extend on that so it's so cool because i know that that's not everyone's experience you know just like yeah and it's it's honestly what i i call a happy accident and i i know that i i had pushed my awakening and the acceptance of my mediumship back for about years i got really into my mediumship i think in 20 2016 2017 and i was kind of like nope Nope, I'm already the black sheep. Nope. And so the way I understood it was my soul and my spirit team gave me as much grace and time that they could before I needed to step into purpose for the collective's sake and for the greater mission of what I'm here to do um, as long as they could. And then in 2019, they were like, clock's ticking. We need you ready to go for April 2020 during this mass pandemic. Like, we're going to need you to support <laughs> yeah. some people in the collective. So uh, get your shit together, lady. Um, and God, they got me my shit together. Um, and so it's a happy accident. And I'm I'm really grateful for it all because I love what I do without question. So how did that go with your relationship with your family? And because I know sometimes it can be really challenging owning this side of you um, and some families don't accept it. How is it for you? It was, I I kind of was like beating around the bush a lot of like, oh, I'm a medium by the way. But when, when I had told them like, okay, like I made this much money this month because they were very aware of my financial standing um, and they were I mean, I couldn't get a job because it was in the middle of the pandemic. Everything was shut down. And I live in a town of 40,000 yeah. people. So like nothing was open. Um, they were kind of like, okay, like really weird, but like she'll get a real job like when all of this is over. And I had, because I, I had applied in January to be a flight attendant for a major Canadian airline. And I, I went through the process and I was accepted. And I was meant to um, start training in March, uh, March 30th, right after the pandemic oh. happened. Um, so it got like canceled. March 30th, 2020. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it got okay, canceled. Yeah, so that wasn't happening. <laughs> so that wasn't happening, which again, all part of this divine plan. And I think my parents kind of just assumed like, oh, whenever the pandemic is over, she'll just go to the airline, get a real job. It is what it is. But then I told them like, Hey, it's actually doing really well. Like I'm going to stick with this. Like it's growing really fast and being featured on podcasts. Like, like I'm going to, I'm going to pursue this. And then they started seeing on my Instagram, like what people had to say. And I think it was really the testimonials of like, oh, wow, like this is making a lot of sense. Like the way that she's impacting people, like we don't really understand what she's doing, but it's working. So let's just see like where she goes with this. I got job offers um, from different like crystal shops and things like that to to be the in-house medium. And I intuitively turned them down, which was horrifying to do. <laughs> Honestly, it was so scary, but um, followed my intuition and my gut on that. And then by September I went full time and things were going really well. And my parents were kind of like, okay, this is, this is, this is who you are. This is what you do. And I think for my dad, it made a lot of sense because he was the only one I told about the spiritual experiences I was having in the house growing up. And so for him, it was kind of like, oh, <laughs> she's been doing this a lot longer than any of us would like to like care to admit. Um, so they were mm -hmm. really, really, really open about it after they kind of saw that it was financially supportive for me after everything that I had gone through financially. So 
they were, they were happy with it. And now, now I, it's really funny. I have family members who will come and talk to me and like, we're all family and they'll come and talk to me and be like, you're the only person I talk to about this. And another family, you're the only person I talk to about this. And I'm like, if only you guys knew that you both come and talk yeah, to me talk about to these things, you, you would talk to each other, but it's so cute. And it's, it's sweet. And I can't intervene in that sense. They'll talk to each other if they're, if they want to about it. But um, yeah, it's been a, it's been a very big opportunity for growth, not just on my part, um, but in terms of our whole family unit. And it's been really beautiful. Yeah, that's really cool to hear because I know that's not everyone's experience and it's not um, it's beautiful. I, like, I, but I honestly think that it's changing like in the next 20 years, like this is all yes. being so much more widely accepted that all the yes. like little beings coming out now, there's going to be like, oh, yes. yeah, this is what we do. Right. And, yes. and accepted in love. So it's it's really cool to see that because my experience has been so different because I grew up in a very Catholic family. And so this is right. so it, it goes very against and, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah. and so uh, having conversations you know are with my family of just around like it's same same but different you know guardian yes. angel spirit guides you, you know what i mean like there are right. so many similar concepts right and there yes. it's more it's not about like the doctrine of like what we call it or like but it's more about like the yeah. the, the the um pillars of who you are and like how you act right and yes. and luckily you know, my family used to be very conservative and there's become much more open-minded. Yeah. Church every, every week. Um, but it's been really beautiful to kind of like work on that because that's been a big challenge for me, like owning my light within my family. Cause I come from a big family and everyone has an opinion. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I had those challenges in my family too. Cause like I said, I had a mouth on me. I still do, but I've learned my delivery and how to, how to deliver things. (laughs) Um, and so yeah. when people would say things that were just historically inaccurate or like really not PC and like something that you should really check yourself on, I would voice that and I would mm-hmm. I would get really heated because I, I again, I'm very passionate about social injustice and, and human rights. And so there were a lot of tensions in my family for like years. Um, but going through my awakening, I developed this understanding of like, OK, it's not about what you say, it's about how you say it. And people who you want to try and educate to have maybe a bit of a wider lens. One, you need to make sure that they're receptive to gaining that wider wider lens. And if they're not, you need to respect that and just like remove yourself from the conversation. And then if they are receptive to expanding their lens, then you need to be very gentle and more questioning of why they see something or believe something rather than telling them why they shouldn't believe it. So I really had to go Mm -hmm. through that process as well in my family. And that has helped us all Mm -hmm. greatly (laughs) as a family. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, I would love to hear from your perspective on what you believe is happening in the world right now. Hmm. Which part? And that's a big question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, we get specific. Um, <laughs> there seems to be, I don't watch nor listen to the news. Me neither. Um, but yeah, but there is, you know, sometimes you actually can't avoid it because it like it just pops up in your world if people ask yes. you about things. But I think that there is kind of this like dialogue that has probably been out in the past, maybe like since the pandemic, if not maybe a bit before of like it's all getting worse. Right. Like, you know, so, like, OK, climate yeah. change and um, ma- the fires and right. gun violence and political parties and beliefs are in like abortion and lgbtq like all these things are really being blown up and i think there is definitely like a school of thought which i don't believe but of like 
look how bad the world is getting right um amongst yeah so i would yes this is just my i'm so curious so there is a big revolution happening it's called the great awakening and it's been happening since um honestly it's the the instigation happened in december of 2012 so the whole world ending on December 21st, 2012 was actually accurate, but people hadn't understand that that would be physical. It wasn't, it was energetic. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of interdimensional stuff about earth moving from the third dimension into the fourth dimension that happened. We could, that's a whole conversation for another time going into the quantum physics of it. But basically what that basically created a, a gateway for this energetic change that started cementing in February of 2020, when we entered the age of Aquarius, which is a 2000 year age. And so this is Aquarius is all about um, sustainability, progression of society, unconditional love, the benefit of all the higher good. And that is why in March, everyone went through these big awakenings. Yes, pandemic induced and chaotic chaos induced. But nonetheless, these are all conduits for people to go through an awakening. When infrastructures, especially when we look at social and political infrastructures that are not built on unconditional love when we see those those systems trying to oppress and impose restriction on the people what is going to happen is there's going to be a severe imbalance of a party that is trying to restrict and oppress and a party that is sick and tired of being restricted and oppressed and they're going to go to mm-hmm. battle and this is happening very energetically as much as it is as much as it is happening physically. And so are we seeing things getting worse? Absolutely. Are they going to continue to get worse? Absolutely. But that is how things break apart so that they can be rebuilt. You cannot build a house on a rocky foundation. So what you're seeing right now is the house, the world breaking down so that the foundation completely desecrates so that we can rebuild something new collectively that is sustainable, progressive, and is based off of the highest good of all rather than the highest good for one percent of people on this planet does that make sense Mm -hmm. yeah yeah absolutely it's it's really cool to hear your perspective on that because what from what i'm seeing it's it's interesting because i i think i heard this a few years ago someone speaking about how there really is this um there's this the divide is getting larger and there's being there's people being pulled really deeply into the scarcity frequency of yeah. like look at all these bad things happening there's inflation there's all of this and then there's pandemic and then blah, blah. and then there's also at the same time this acceleration yes. as well into like look at the possibilities that are available to us now. yes and I'm I'm noticing it's really interesting to see the divide get larger that storm like I love it. <laughs> Oh, that's so cool. It literally never thunders like this. I love um, that. I wonder what this is. I'm like, what does this mean? <laughs> because feel, crazy like, stuff happens. Like literally on our podcast last week, there was a spider that crawled across my screen. And I forgot yeah. to tell you, there was also a bee that came in from my window, looked at me and then left. And I was like, what? Oh. And now there's thunder. Oh, well, I feel like the thunder is like a pathetic fallacy of like all the chaos that's like ensuing to mm-hmm. clear to clear everything away. Um, the divide you're talking about though, interdimensionally, when we look at it, um, from like this macrocosmic perspective, it is the third dimension versus the fifth dimension. Mm -hmm. Um, and so there is a divide of people who are going to kind of be locked in a third dimensional frequency. I say locked very loosely. You're never stuck where you are. You always have Mm -hmm. the autonomy and free will to change where you are, but there are people who are embodying fifth dimensional lifestyles and frequencies like yourself, myself, and so many other 
entrepreneurs, business owners, spiritual leaders, guides, collective coaches, things like that. And they are two very polarized experiences. And I think the important thing is to kind of lend compassion to people who are stuck in that third dimensional matrix and who aren't yet ready to go through all of the healing that it takes to get to that realm of possibility that is fifth dimensional living. Ultimately, everyone is going to be kind of ushered upwards, um, but on their own time. And for some that might not be in this lifetime, it might be in their next incarnation should they choose to come back Mm -hmm. to earth. And that is the divide that we're seeing right now. But I think what you focus on, like at the end of the day, I can't stop the wars on this planet. I can't stop the fires that are happening. I can help people find their own peace. I can help people find autonomy and um, greater understanding as to why their soul chose to come and incarnate on the earth at a very pivotal time in earth's history and literally all the billions of years that earth has existed. Um, And I think when we focus on creating solutions and, and and focusing on the things that we can control and have an effect and an impact on in our lives. It doesn't take away from the absolute devastation that is happening on the planet, but it helps to actually heal the planet because you're putting your light where it is, where it is powerful and you're actually making a greater impact to heal yourself, the collective and the planet all at once. So. Mm, mm, yeah, I, I, I completely agree. And it, it is like that essence of you want to change the world, do the work on yourself, right? Like change yes. yourself ultimately, yes. right? And that yes. that makes such an incredible difference. But also, I think this conversation is so important to the people because I, I feel like there are people that are also standing at kind of like the fork in the road and then like they yeah. see the fifth dimensional possibility and they see like the third dimensional like contraction and they're like yes. ping, 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 which do I choose? And this one is yes. very powerful, like the lower level, so powerful. Like I get sucked into it too. Like you go Absolutely. deep down a fucking TikTok scroll and you're going to get like, oh, it's God. dangerous, right? Oh, yeah. Like, you oh, know, God, yeah. Like, yeah. The, all of the things, um, you know, and it, this is like, I'm someone, I wouldn't say that I, I'm not, I don't like uh, talk about this publicly. Um, I was, I've always been very open to conspiracy theories. <laughs> oh, um, girl, we like, could go into them. We can go this, into them. Yeah. Cause yeah. I, I remember hearing back in like 2001, you know, about 9 11, and I was like, interesting. Like, you know, not, not being like, I, I'm like, I'm in, just like, what? Interesting. Like, why is no one else talking about this? And like, um, and so I've always been very, I think being a curious person is a wonderful, like attribute to have and yep. questioning things is a very wonderful attribute to have. And the same thing has really benefited me, like growing up in a Catholic family, because I'm like, yes. you know, one of the things that I always question, I was like, <laughs> I remember asking my dad, I was like, so we're Catholic, but Jesus was Jewish. <laughs> I was like, tell me that. Like, I don't get it. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like, so then why, if we like Jesus and he was Jewish, why are we Jewish? You know, and so like these little things, like just ask questions. And so, um, but it's been a big learning lesson of my own of if you, again, you go down any TikTok rabbit hole, the conspiracy theory thing is large of realizing that conspiracy theories can also be a really intense frequency. Um, And it's like, it's been a powerful perspective of me to be like, I look, I'm on board with a lot of it, but I'm not going to play into that. And I'm going to keep living in my life. You know, so that's the thing. That's the thing. And I think a lot of people who go through their awakenings, they go down the rabbit hole and there are things, there are things, uh, there are things as a medium that you just know. And what I will say is that, how do I want to say this? 
let's just say every answer, every question has an answer. And when the answer is factual and consistent across the board with several mediums, and you're starting to see the facts play out and things being aired out 10, 20 years later of like, oh yeah, that was true. What we lied to you about it, like aliens, like they just, they gaslit the entire planet for decades being like, they don't exist guys. We're alone in this universe. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, you guys just weren't ready to hear it. Yeah. F you like just anyways, that's a whole other thing. But when yeah. you go down the rabbit hole of conspiracy theories, what I will say, and I got introduced to these very early on, I like very, very early on, I was a teenager and, and I've seen clients go through it and I've seen people spiral from it. You don't need to know. And honestly, there are some things that I would even suggest that you just don't even look into when it comes to certain levels of the rabbit hole of conspiracy theories and how this planet works, because there are things that I just wish I didn't know. Things I know to be true, things that I hate that are true. And I just wish, I just, you don't need to know these things to go through an awakening and have a great understanding, excuse me, of what is happening on this planet. All you need to know and on some level accept when you are ready to is that there are greater forces at play that are here to restrict and oppress. And there is a collective subconscious and a collective psyche that can be very easily manipulated because of the last 2000 years of trauma that has taken place on the human Mm -hmm. being. And there are a lot of lies and webs that have been weaved um, to disempower people. And so you don't need to go down the rabbit hole, but you do need to discern and question everyone and everything. I always have this saying of like, question everyone and everything, including me. Like if you're not questioning me and you're not mm-hmm. challenging my beliefs and the things that I'm teaching, then you're not, you're not doing yourself due diligence on figuring out what you believe in this life and what feels good for you. You need to question everyone and everything and really reclaim your autonomy and your curious thinking and your discernment to really figure out how you want to move in this world. But there are just certain levels of conspiracy theories that I really think that the general population just does not need to spiral into because it's a lot. And and I think it like, yeah, exactly. And one of the things that I've learned too is, you know, you know, I believe that there are breadcrumbs in our life that guide us towards our path. Like obviously mediumship was a huge thing for you. And sometimes we can get diverted by, you know, things in life and conspiracy theories and, and, having those self-awareness to realize that's not my cause to fight. You know what I mean? I have nothing in my life that shows that, that that's my path. And my cause is the work that I'm doing because everything in my life leads me here. Yeah. There is nothing that you can do about these really elitist structures unless that's what your soul came here to do. So focus on why your soul came here and make the change in other areas of life because those structures are going to be broken from the inside out, not the outside in. And that we're already seeing that starting to happen. So if you're not already on the inside of it, chances are your purpose has something to do with the outside and it has nothing to do with anything that these conspiracy theories reflect. Um, And they are a very intense frequency. So just um, tread lightly. (laughs) Tread lightly. Yeah. And cautiously. Absolutely. Yeah. And cautiously. And just like you said, question, question everything. Question it all. It's like the greatest greatest tool that we can have. Um, I would love to know you have accomplished all of this and gotten to this space in your life where you are helping others and doing this incredible work and you have an incredible business. What's next for Mads? Oh, chills. Um, That's actually an interesting question because I've been trying to figure that out for myself. And the answer has been in front of me this entire time because my collective has been screaming it at me. Um, But what's next is 
you know, in terms of my, my professional work, it's going to be um, more books. Um, but retreats is actually something that my collective has been asking for, for years. Like since I got into this Yay. space, they're like, when the pandemic's over, we need to do a retreat and meet in person. And um, this is something that I, I'm now really looking into and trying to figure out, okay, what is my role and, and what do those retreats look like? And it's not a 2023 thing. Uh, it's going to take some time to really navigate and 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 connect with to see what my soul wants to bring into that kind of space. But it seems that's, that is the path <laughs> that I'm being guided mm-hmm. down and then, and writing. I love writing books. All I want to do is sit at home and, and write books and channel things and, and share my art with the world. So those are two things that are, are coming up next. Cause you have your poetry book as well. I do. A chance to talk about, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So I released my first poetry collection, Sweet Daisies versus For a Healing Heart on December 12th, 2022. That was last year. Yeah. Most recently, 2022. And it is a chronological recount of my entire life experience for the first like 22 or 23 years. And it kind of brings the readers along this journey of understanding what trauma is like from a very young age and this, the bitterness and the anger and the sadness and my struggle with life and my struggle with being human and accepting my mediumship. And then it ends on this very sweet note, sweet daisies, um, where I I see things in a completely different perspective. And I understand that I had to go through these things to become who I am, but I'm still trying to figure out who exactly I am. And um, it's a, it's the first of a trilogy. So there will be more, Um, but it's, it's this, it just covers divine relationships, growing up in trauma, going through awakening. And um, a lot of people who have read it have said it's like watching a movie. Like you just get like this vivid understanding and you can relate to it as well. Cause we've all gone through trauma on some level and we've all healed on some levels. So yeah, it's I That's love so cool to see how you depicted your life through that way as yeah. well. I think that's such a creative way of sharing your life experience um, mm-hmm. in a way that's like probably um, compactable for people, you know, like just yeah. short, short spurts, short, which is yes. and, helpful and, as well for people. Yeah. And it's therapeutic as well. I feel like to, to put a poetic spin on things and whether it's like, you know, the way the line breaks come into play to add emphasis on a feeling or a thought or a realization or a rhyme that makes something really traumatic seem a little bit more airy and light or poetic. Like, I feel like that just I think, I think I'm a firm believer that art heals our wounds and, Mm. you know, there's a song, the lyric goes, um, art is when scars become transformed into art basically. Um, Mm. and I, I live by that. So yeah, I'll, I'll send you the link so you can put it in the show notes in case. Yes. Yeah. I would love to. Um, I love that you shared that as well. I found that like when I was doing synchronized swimming, it was like my art and, um, sometimes it was a bit more like methodical and like a sport but then sometimes like I would do I did solos so I swam solo yeah. and there's this one year that I swam to Adele um oh. and hello oh is like a shit fun, yeah yeah and it was like it was healing for me doing that absolutely and expressing myself in that way and I think that's the gift that art gives us so I love hearing yes. that um this has oh. been just like the most I love that we like whatever we're like mediums, conspiracy theories, like art, like <laughs> poetry, experiences. yeah, poetry. Is there anything else that you have to share with the audience today? Any last message? Um, I think my last message would be that life will be a lot scarier not living your truth. And so face your fears to live your truth because that's what's truly going to bring you peace at the end of the day.
and at the end of your life. That's beautiful. I love Thanks. that. How can people find you? How can people work with you? Yeah, I am at Mads Mess on Instagram and TikTok. I'm more active on Instagram and working with me. Um, you can do my course. It's a nine week coaching course, um, like do it yourself style. We have monthly group coaching calls. It's called a happy human. So you can find that below as well. And I do take on coaching clients, but I'm full until the winter. So if you want to get into the one-to-one world and get some sessions going, um, we can have a discovery call and waitlist you for the, the winter as well. Amazing. And yeah. I'll put your book below. Thank okay. you so much for coming here. You are a light. I'm so glad that people got to hear your wisdom and your experience. And I cannot wait to see what you continue to do in the world. Thank you, universe, for the algorithms, the internet, for allowing us to connect. <laughs> Seriously. And thank you so much for having me. It was such a pleasure. Amazing. And I hope everyone has the most beautiful day. Welcome to the other side, beautiful souls. I so deeply appreciate you spending this time with me. My intention with this podcast is to uplift, love on, and inspire you and align my actions with this intention. But as with everything in the world of personal and spiritual development, take what feels good for you and leave the rest. As a white, able-bodied, cisgender woman, the perspectives I share here are inherently affected by my privileges. I'm actively invested in learning how to elevate and support lived experiences beyond my own, and I'm always open to and grateful for your feedback. I am listening. No matter who you are, where you're from, or where you're going, I see you, I love you, and you matter. So thank you for listening, beautiful souls, and I'll see you next time.